0: Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you ever watch an artist at work? Um, Do you all know who Bob Ross is? Have you seen Bob Ross? He was popular in, I don't know, maybe the early, mid-80s. But he had a show and he he would paint a picture and and uh, you could learn to paint while he was doing it. Anyway, think of think of someone like Bob Ross, you know, painting a picture. And you'd see him, and he'd take uh, some white, and he'd cover the whole canvas. And then he'd take some, like, you know, uh, light blue or something, and he'd cover the whole thing. And, and then he'd start putting little bits here and there. And, and it's all sort of unclear, like, especially to an untrained mind. I'm still, like, operating on the level of stick figures myself. That's my level of artwork. Violet has passed me in in my artistic ability. Um, Actually, she did like, I don't know, seven years ago. Uh, (laughs) But anyway, it's pretty wild to watch because as the picture develops, you get a clearer sense of what it is and you realize, oh, I see, it's a beautiful mountain landscape and those were trees and you have clouds and, and all that and uh, he he would put like he would say let's put a let's put a happy little tree here that was the way he painted anyway sometimes we can't always tell what's going on as this masterpiece is coming together well on a much grander scale we might look at our lives and wonder what is god up to as the apostle paul declares in romans 11 oh the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of god How unsearchable are his judgments, and how inscrutable his ways. And certainly God's ways are far above ours, they exceed ours. I want to consider this in light of our gospel lesson today. Elizabeth is pregnant. Let's stop there for a moment. Elizabeth was old and was barren. We get that from from Luke 1. She was old and she was barren. But that's not going to stop God. That's not going to hinder his plans. Mary, on the other hand, was young. Very young. As young as 12, maybe as old as like 14 or 15. She was very young. Not uncommon for that time uh, for someone to be betrothed at that age. But she was very young. And she was betrothed, which would be like being engaged. She was engaged to be married. Um, she wasn't wealthy. She came from Nazareth. Nazareth was kind of looked down upon. You might recall that when, uh, when Jesus called, uh, two of, two of the disciples, uh, it was Nathaniel and Philip, uh, Philip had said, uh, I've found him. I've found the Messiah. It's Jesus of Nazareth. And Nathaniel's like, has anything good ever come out of Nazareth? So Nazareth was not a not looked up, not well esteemed. And yet Mary was chosen to be the Theotokos, the God-bearer, the God-bringer. God chose her to bring Christ into the world. <sighs> now, let's think Uh, more about this. Is it wise we might ask for God to take upon himself human flesh and weakness? I mean, this could lead to suffering. This could lead to death. In the eyes of worldly wisdom, may I say, although at the risk of sounding um, uh, irreverent, it seems foolish, but that's worldly wisdom. Worldly wisdom would say, why, why would you, why would you do it this way, God? What what is it that you're doing? But God is much more than a master artist. He's the creator of the universe. He's the creator of everything. The heavens declare his glory, his handiwork. Paul says to the Romans, his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. What that means is that you can see in creation all around you God. There is no denying that there is God who has created. Yep, God created everything. He's powerful, and yet he comes to us and comes to Mary's womb. Elizabeth greets her. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? John the Baptist was in Elizabeth's womb at this time. She was six months pregnant. And the scripture tells us that John leapt inside of her at The coming of Mary at hearing her voice. And this final greeting that Elizabeth gives, I think is especially poignant. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And indeed, Mary was blessed with faith because she received the word of God by the angel Gabriel and she believed it. She heard God's word and she believed and trusted in him and God caused it to pass. That Jesus, that the Messiah was conceived within her, conceived by the Holy Spirit. So what is Mary's response? My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Notice here, Mary needed a Savior, just like just like we do, just as much as we do. So this is not to take anything away from her. She, she is blessed, but she also needed a Savior, and she knew that. But she is ecstatic to know what? To know that her Savior comes, that her Savior has come. This, uh, by the way, this song is referred to as the Magnificat. That just is from the Latin translation of this my soul magnifies the Lord. It begins, Magnificat, and that's why this is called the Magnificat. All right, I want to read this again and, and, uh, and then come back to the text here. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Indeed, all of these things that Mary recollects God has done in time past. Think about the Egyptians, for example, and Pharaoh, and God demonstrating his power and sovereignty over them. Sending plagues, parting water, sending food from heaven, manna to feed the Israelites, bringing water out of a rock. Think about the flood in Noah's day. The the water, the, the, the earth bursting open and water bursting from beneath. The heavens opening up and a deluge coming down for 40 days. The entire earth, Covered with water, think about um, uh, how God used the Assyrians uh, as his his tool, his instrument, the Assyrian kingdom he used to judge the northern tribes, the northern kingdom, the um, israel, and then he used another foreign uh, uh, power, the Babylonians, to judge the Assyrians, and to then judge the southern kingdom. And then he had uh, Nebuchadnezzar lifted up, taken down again, lifted up again. God has shown his power throughout the course of, of the history of Israel and the Israelites. I love to read the Old Testament, to just just take it all in, all that God has done. And this pattern of Israelites falling away from God, beating their chests and repenting and coming back to him and God bringing them back again. It's obvious and so clear that his desire is for them to be saved. It's obvious that his uh, hand is over Everything that he is in control, that he is all-powerful and mighty. Yes, God is much, much more than a master artist. But it is breathtaking to survey the works. And that's what Mary is doing here. She's recollecting all of the things that God has done with faith, we also join Mary in recollecting these mighty deeds. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. Yes, indeed, he did that with the Egyptians, uh, with Pharaoh. Um, this was uh, God bringing the Israelites up out of Egypt was uh, a powerful work of his hand. Uh, but it was also just a picture. I mean, it was a picture of what God is doing for us in Christ, lifting us up and out of slavery to sin. With us, God with us, Emmanuel, took upon himself human flesh and weakness. He is the mightiest of all. There's no question that his throne exceeds all others. Yet, he brought himself down And for what? To exalt, to exalt those of humble estate. I can't think of anyone more humble than sinners before God. Sinners like you and like me. And yet, look at this verse again. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. Of course, He has done that in the past. He has done that. But this is also a picture of what he has done in Christ. Christ descended from his throne to take upon himself human flesh. For your sins, he did this. Because you were such lovely, perfect, blessed people, deserving of everything that God has done for you. Right? Right? Wrong. <laughs> totally wrong. No, the scripture tells us that Christ died for the ungodly. You know, you think about your low point in your life. Maybe you haven't hit it yet. I hope you have. I, I don't know. <laughs> but think about the lowest point in your life. The point you look back and you think, what was I thinking? That was so wretched and wrong and terrible and, and I feel awful about it. That low point, that's what, that's the, that's the point that... Christ looks at you and says, yes, I will die for you. I will take your sins. So consequently, he comes down from his throne and takes this lowly estate. So lowly that he takes upon himself the sins of the whole world. And at the same time, what happens? He is exalted. Ours is a God who doesn't just live in the in the sky, like some cosmic watchmaker, ours is a God who comes near to us. He comes to us. He comes to us with his word as, as, you, as we read the scripture, those sound waves travel into your ear and works faith inside of you. He comes to you in this sacrament. You receive Christ's body and blood. Like we had the uh, um, handout last week on the altar. Yeah, this is why we bow at the altar, because this is a special place. This is the place where Christ comes to you in body and blood to feed you. That's why we we reverence the altar. Our God is strong to save But that doesn't mean he's a distant God. Our our God's strong arm is here and is present with us to save. Mary says, his mercy is for those who fear him. Mercy is the grace of God in forgiving you your sins when you were ungodly. When we were enemies of God, that is real mercy. That when we were enemies of God, he forgave us of our sins in Christ. This is is for those who, this mercy is for those who fear him. Now, this is not jump scare horror movie fear. This is reverence and awe. This is the fear of which, uh, what God describes the beginning of wisdom. True wisdom is having this this fear. It's the fear of God that the Apostle Paul exhorts Christians to maintain. We stand back in awe and we revere God for his mighty works. Then in faith we believe and trust that these mighty works have been done for you, for us. The mightiest work ever accomplished. Think about this for a second. The mightiest work that was ever accomplished was done in the weakness, and I say weakness with phony quotes, in the weakness of the cross. And that was done for you. The mighty arm of God, which is strong to save, has come near and is now working in you. You know, when you confess your sins and I speak God's word, that's not me. I think everyone is clear on this. That's not me talking, that's God talking. Now he can use me, even broken down me, as an, as an instrument of his word, to carry his word, but that's God saying your sins are forgiven. When you lift up your prayers, how cool is this? We lift up our prayers to God and the creator of the universe and master of all things is near to us to say, my ear is here and I am listening to you now. I desire to hear your prayer and when we hear God's word and he works faith in us that's God coming near in Christ God has come near to us he is not a far and a distant God but he is here he is here in your midst even now working faith in your hearts causing you to believe and to turn to him and trust in him And he will not fail you. God will not fail you. He forgives you all of your sins. And he calls you to himself in faith. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.